no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the 40-yard switch. As always, I am your host, Jasper Woody Woodson, and joined today, I am by two illustrious guests and former guests on the show. We've got, zooming in all the way from London, Yannick Hansen. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good to be back on the pod. Always a pleasure to have you. And zooming in from uh, Camberwell, I, I, I think it is. Is uh, Vincent Hu returning? How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Always good to be on, as always. This is uh, the first time all three of us, uh, as oh, self-proclaimed members of "quote unquote" the Dream Team, have uh, featured on uh, the, a podcast together. So it's it's a momentous occasion. Would you not say, guys? It's been a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those listening who obviously probably wouldn't get the reference to the dream team, uh, Vincent and uh, Jan and I, uh, back in 2016, played for a five-a-side team in a London five-a-side tournament along with uh, two other uh, uh, players. And we won uh, the five-a-side tournament, uh, winning a 50-pound 60, 60 uh, Amazon uh, gift voucher. Uh, playing some sterling stuff in the process. Um, so yeah, and then that, that got turned into a group chat, which uh, the three of us have continuously chatted shit about football for the last, geez, nearly seven years now. Uh, and here we are today to put that uh, talk into the ether on the podcasting world. So, yes. Uh, a bit of a fun fact about the team. Um, yeah. t- technically, it was an illegal win. Um, because Jasper was not a registered university student. Oh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> university tournament. <laughs> he got featured on the university newsletter, um, but no one knew he wasn't a student. <laughs> I got featured, did I? Yeah, I mean, it was like a newsletter saying these guys won. Yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> I never knew you know, that. It's so funny. <laughs> you're, you're on the front page, and I was like, well. <laughs> he doesn't even go here. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Hey, but I mean, I think I deserve to be there just for the simple fact that I rainbow flicked someone in the final. So, uh, but yes, that was that was the peak of my soccering career. Same. <laughs> um, and as really me, really and I now come to you live, uh, both being or being injured or recovering from injuries, and Yarn hasn't played five aside football in yonks either. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's get into the nitty gritty of it. We've got quite a bit to get through today. Uh, starting off with the Champions League uh, round of 16 first leg results. Um, uh, do we have to? Yeah, we do have to. And uh, <laughs> kicking and kicking. We'll, and with that, we'll kick it off with Jan's team, Liverpool, who were, for lack of a better word, embarrassed by Real Madrid at home at Anfield. Um, do you want to kick us off here, Jan, or, is there, or, is, is, or do you want us to ease you into it? No, I can kick it off. Um, big disclaimer, I was on holiday, so I could actually watch the game. I had to rely on highlights that probably I actually only watched this morning. Yeah, pr- probably probably for the best. Um, I mean, what can I say? It all started off so well, 2-0. I actually 
the first time I saw the result, it was 2 2. And I thought, like, what a game it must be, because that was just first half gone. And then it all unraveled. I refreshed it an hour later. It was 5 2. And I was like, fucking hell, what happened there? Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. Like, some unfortunate goals we conceded, but I mean, the other goals, I don't, I don't even know. Like, upside defending, that's all I can say. Yeah, look, I mean, Real Madrid are seasons, seasoned champions in the competition. It's the reason they're 14, 14 time winners. You um, give them the opportunities to score the, the goals they did, and they will uh, take full advantage. And also, they are easily good enough to create their uh, good goals of their own. I, I say probably the, the first one by Vinicius, and I think the fifth one on the counter. Uh, admittedly, the fifth one comes from a Fabinho era, but they're both re- very well worked goals. But then, yeah, you look at the Allison mistake, which is uncharacteristic for the second, the absolutely shambolic defending for the third. Um, I can't even remember the fourth now. There's just so many goals. Deflection. Oh yeah, the, the deflection. deflection. So that's yeah. the one, one, one goal where you can say it's slightly unfortunate. But like, it, like Real Madrid had a number of goals like that, and he Benzema is also in mild space when he takes that shot on the edge of the box. So yeah, just just a just a humbling performance for a Liverpool team that are um, that had showed their showed promise in the past two weeks, and just a dominant performance from a Real Madrid team that has seen this type of thing all too many times before. I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's just they're just falling back into old habits. I would say, you know, they did have two good performances result wise, but even against Newcastle, they were one man up. It didn't look it. You know, Newcastle could have won that game, I think. And um, on, what was it, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Champions League game against Madrid, everything came together. Individual mistakes, a bit of unluck, and then the shambolic defending, as you say, that we've been seeing all season long. Um, if you give, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but if you give teams like Madrid the chance to score, they will punish you. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did, they did, they did. And yeah, I, I think Klopp, without conceding defeat, conceded defeat in his post-match press conference. And um, I'm, uh, let's not beat around the bush here. I don't, I don't see any way back here. I, I, for Liverpool, Liverpool aren't the same team that came back from 4-1 oh, yeah. down against Barcelona. 4-0 down. 3-0 down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see it personally. But stranger things have happened, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a tiny bit of hope left because I know it's Liverpool but I mean they're, they're going to go to Madrid they're probably going to lose there too I think and I just think Klopp needs to change something I don't think he's the um, he's the problem um, I know you guys give me a lot of steak because I think two seasons ago I said you know he might have to go I did actually say he should go but oh, I actually can't what I said but I did I did. I said there was Klopp we'll, we'll, be sure, we'll be sure to look in the group chat and bring up the receipts but anyway the, the, the exact yeah, words yeah. were Klopp out but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no if buts and um, maybes only absolutes that's basically it temporary left of judgement we should say um, <laughs> like yeah but he's not the problem I think he's got to change some stuff that's the most frustrating bit for me he always plays the same system the same tired-looking players, especially in midfield. And um, something's got to give, I think. And, you know, the sooner the better. Mm. I heard, no, I agree. I heard, Jamie, I agree. I heard Jamie Carragher say that, obviously, Klopp's not the problem. It's more so, it's 
players that cannot play to Klopp's expectations and system anymore um, that are still in the team or they used to play and now they're a bit past that. So they just need to get rid of the players to change up because they got rid of Mane and all those really important players and now they're trying to fill those gaps while still playing the exact same way. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think Klopp has, like, on one hand, yes, Klopp's team needs to freshen up, but I also think Klopp's a good enough manager to, like, in the process of freshening the team up, needs to find a way with, a, with to win with a team that still has good players. Like, it's not like this team suddenly became useless. They're, they're, it's a team full of good, full of good players. Yes, there's some dead wood or, that needs to be, you know, shipped off, but you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 a team like you know, Fabinho's having a down year. Henderson's not. I wouldn't say having a down year, but is is, and this may be a sign of things to come with with Henderson as he as he gets older. But is it has not been the same Henderson he has been in previous years. Um, Van Dyke hasn't, while he hasn't looked bad, hasn't looked the same imperious, you know, best in the world type centre back that he has looked for a while. Um, and then you've got just like constant rotating injuries to Kanate and Martic, which means you have to play your fourth string centre back and Gomez a lot, which doesn't help at all. So it's a multitude of things. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think. You know, mistakes were made in the summer when they didn't reinforce that midfield. Um, I've been calling for uh, a, a Bellingham type of player. Even Bellingham himself would would do as really good. Um, he's the type. Of, he, he's the guy I would I would love to see in the team. But that sort of player I wanted. I've, I've been wanting a player for a while, and for some reason, that that transfer wasn't made. And now you know you've got do you at least another four months until the next transfer window opens. With the current team, and Klopp needs to find some sort of formation, some sort of team that works with the players that he has. And um, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing any any big changes. It's the same formation. It's more or less the same. Twelve, thirteen players that play all the time. Yeah, and the, the emergence of Bashetic is not gonna not gonna transform this team as good as he looks to be. No, it's too soon. It's too soon for him. Um, yeah. injury, injuries haven't helped, but. I'm beyond the point where I want to just complain about injuries. Like you just got to carry on. And their performance like that against Madrid, where you know that that Militar goal, where he literally just runs into the space and he gets a free header. There's no one around him for yeah. two meters. That's just embarrassing. Yeah, that's very very. Uh, that was that was the one that pissed me off the most. If I was an, if I was, you know, even as a neutral, I was like, that's just embarrassing. Like you can't defend like that. Mm. But anyway, let's not dwell on that uh, on this for too long. We've got plenty of other things to get through uh, with regards to the, um, the Champions League. Uh, next, we'll probably move to PSG versus Bayern. Um, actually, no, we've, I've, this PSG, this game and the Milan Tottenham games have already been talked about on the podcast before, uh, as have the Dortmund and Chelsea games. So let's move on to uh, the, the other three: uh, Napoli um, versus Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt didn't help themselves by getting a red card, but Napoli were the better team for a lot of that game. Uh, and I mean, they're for, I think I think they're like eighteen points clear in the Serie A right now, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, so yeah, look, I struggle with Eintracht Frankfurt having one of their players sent off as well. I, I struggle to see them getting back in that in that tie. Um, 
anything you guys want to add before I move on to the Man City game for that game? I think you got it all spot on. I don't think there's way back for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Man City Leipzig game, in one all, uh, and you could say it's a point away, like, or not a point, but like away from home against a decent like, like Leipzig side um, is an okay result for City. But I don't know, just the fact that they wasted a lot of chances, the fact that Pep didn't use any of his substitutes. I don't know. It, it, and then the way he talked about it in his press in his post match press conference, I, I, I don't. There's this air of arrogance that he was sort of giving off that I don't like. It's like you, you should have beaten this team as good as Leipzig are. Like City should 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 have beaten them. I feel like I feel like City just do struggle in the Champions League in general mm-hmm. after all these years. Yes, they did make the final that one year, but they always seem to struggle against teams they should beat in the Champions League. Yeah, and I don't like know why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can probably speak to Leipzig a little bit more as some somewhat more of a a Bundesliga watcher than I. Uh, but like they're not up there with the three teams that are vying for the title. They're like as as while well, they are they, still a solid team, they're not the same team of a few seasons ago under Nagelsmann. I completely disagree. I think they're just two points off the the, the top actually in Germany, and they are the the informed team. So. It was a plus. It was a tough place to go for City, I think. And one one is okay. I think it's maybe a bit underwhelming. Everyone expected City to win, but Leipzig are a good team. And even though they they looked second best for a lot of a lot of the game, um, they're a tough tough team to beat. So yeah, um, I'm not I'm not actually surprised with that result. I guess yeah. Okay. <laughs> Showing my uh, Bundesliga knowledge outside of the, the the title race a little bit there, but um, I guess and, and like I do think Leipzig are a good team. I guess it was more sort of from watching the extended highlights of the game, I just got a sense that City were wait were, were wasteful, and then the fact that they didn't reluctant like, reluctant to use any substitutes didn't change anything and just sort of kept doing the same sort of sort of you know knock, knocking on Dortmund for the last 30 minutes of that game it's just sort of like freshen something up and you and you make it and you may get all three points there so or the win and on to the next so I don't know I feel like an opportunity missed for City there but again City going back home um uh and to and like again we'll see like I, I highly doubt City failed to score more than one goal into across two legs. Um, so we'll see. It remains to be seen. Uh, and finally, interverse Porto. Um, Porto getting a red card didn't help, but Inter definitely looked to um, be. I wouldn't say in the attendance, but like they created more chances in in my mind. Although it was a very end to end game. But uh, then, yeah, uh, so I, it was funny when I was watching this game with my uh, housemate. He said, "I feel like Romelu Lukaku's done nothing." And then, about five minutes later, Rom scored. So it's funny how that happens. Do you, do you, have you guys seen the hearts from this one? Have you, what would you make of it? I must admit, I couldn't even bother to to watch the highlights. <laughs> so. It's been busy, and yeah, that was one of the games I didn't end up watching. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, like honestly, an end-to-end game uh, that, that that was pretty exciting, and um, I mean, you could, 
I'd say Inter on the bounce of play slightly deserved to win there, but I, I, I could easily see Porto uh, at home making that a very interesting tie. Uh, let's move on then to the Europa League results, which Vinny, I'm sure, will have a bit to say about. Uh, so this this was the qualification two-leg sort of round that UEFA have introduced for the teams that get knocked out of the Champions League to qualify for the round of 16. That's, that's a very long-winded way of me saying that, but that's what it is. Um, and... Uh, and sorry, I'm just looking up these results. And it the 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 key point fixture of this was that uh, Manchester United across two legs beat Barcelona four three on aggregate. Vinny, your boys doing the business against one of the, the the biggest names in world football. I mean, I guess you, I guess your boys are one of the biggest names in world football too. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's just to get into the round of sixteen of the yeah. Europa League. So it's like, you know, still a long way to go to get anywhere. But the exciting part is that it's actually a good Barcelona team. They're like eight points up in La Liga. Um, and, you know, historically United have struggled against Spanish teams in general, let alone the Barcelonas and Real Madrid's of the world. Exactly. So it was nice to see both both legs. They're competitive. We didn't just sit back and let us have possession. Um, and yeah, it was just there's always hope that they would pull this off, and I'm just really happy. <laughs> Nothing else to say, really. And one of the one of the games, didn't you guys have a makeshift back four? I think it was in the first leg as well. Luke Shaw at centre back, as far as I can remember. Yeah, Lissandro Martinez was suspended from um, his previous yellow card tally, um, but Luke Shaw's been slotting into centre back in a lot of big games this season and it seems to work yeah um, no it has worked very well uh but like that being said like luke shaw working slotting in at center back in regular premier league games or cup game or like you know the english cup games is a whole different kettle of fish to barcelona who are leading la liga by eight points currently um and i thought they did remarkably well um it's a testament to eric ten Hag's management um and yeah, United are, are are the form team in the Premier League right now, and and it seems to be showing in uh, in Europe as well. And it's just interesting, like the sort of I I don't really take much from this, but it's it's, a, it's interesting that you, Barcelona and Man United are both ahead of Liverpool and Real Madrid in their respective leagues, <laughs> but they're playing in the Europa League and <laughs> and uh, the real but that. Uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid are playing in the Champions League. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll quickly run through the other results so we, so we can talk about the Europa League draw that happened uh, overnight. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk going through on penalties against uh, Rennes. Uh, Roma going through against Salzburg 2-1. Uh, Union Berlin uh, going through against Ajax very convincingly 3-1. Uh, uh, Leverkusen going through on penalties against Monaco and Sporting absolutely demolishing Midjotland from Denmark. So now that sets up some interesting ties. Some interesting ties. Uh, Arsenal will play against Sporting. Um, that's a potentially tough tie because Sporting are a tricky team to play against. Although uh, I'm 
I'm, I'm, this is the most confident I would have been about a Europa tie in, in some time because back when in the last two years when we were playing under Uno Emery, it was always a bit dicey. But um, that should be a good game. But then uh, the Manchester United have drawn Real Betis, um, which is a, another tasty game, I think. Real Betis currently sitting fifth in La Liga. And I think finished third or fourth last year as well. So, thought your thoughts on that one, Vinny? I think I have more confidence than I did in the past. Like I said, every time I see, saw United play against Spanish teams, either under Oli or um, under Jose, or even under Sarks Ferguson as well, it was always a struggle. Um, it was always unconvincing. It's just a clash of styles, I guess. But after seeing how they played against um, Barcelona, I have, you know, some optimism and hope. Uh, at the end of the day, um, for United, we're just one Casemiro injury or suspension from looking like a mid-table team again. So, <laughs> so as, long, as long as he's around, we're, we're okay. Hey, it's, it's kind of like Arsenal and Thomas Parsi, really. Uh, although not quite to the same extent. Now that we've got uh, Jorginho, but more on him later. Um, hey, your favourite player. Yeah, yeah uh, Jan, your thoughts on the, the, the two Premier League teams' um, fixtures? Um, I think a lot and all depend on what teams they will field in those yeah. in those ties. Um, if if Arsenal and United keep going the way they are in the league, I can see them play weaker teams. And at that point, if you do for Sporting and Betis, these will be the biggest games of the season. Um, then they can go either way. Um, on paper, they should both go through Arsenal and United. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. That's a, that's another point I was thinking of. I think. Arsenal's main goal this season is to get, or before we started doing so well and potentially vying for the title, but the main goal getting it going into the season was Champions League football. Whether that was, I mean, that was to finish in the top four, but if not, win the, win the Europa League to finish in the Champions League. So as top four seems to be more and more and more a sure thing um, as we vie for the title, I guess, um, Although that remains to be seen if that's going to hold out for the rest of the season. Uh, I think the emphasis on the Europa League will become less, not not less to the point where we're playing like a, like a, you know, six or seven changes, but like certain players will be rested. I think, you know, for example, the easy one is Ramsdale will be rested for Matt Turner. Uh, one of the centre backs will be rested. Uh, ben White and Tommy Asu will be rotated. Kieran Tierney will probably see some game time. Um, and then offensively, uh, you know, Trossard over Martinelli, although that seems to be interchangeable these days. Um, you'll see a lot more of Fabio Vieira, uh, but that's about it. Also might be a, a competition where uh, Gabriel Jesus is eased back in after injury. So, Vinny, do you see United uh, making any, uh, rotating any uh, teams, players for this for these fixtures? I think they'll have to. Um... It'll be, you know, congested fixture list. You'll have injuries, suspensions, etc. Sometimes you have no choice, you know. And you have, like, sometimes close to three games a week. you got FA Cup as well, that sort of thing. You'll have to, you know. Harry Maguire will have to play a game or two somewhere. Um, <laughs> whether that be against, you know, um, against Southampton or Leeds or, or in the Europa League, who knows. But I think, you know, at the moment, from what I can tell, they want to win just anything because United haven't won a trophy in what four years now four or five years now 
So even getting like the League Cup. I think it's actually going on six, Vinny, but anyway. Ex- exactly. Time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. Um, if winning, like winning the League Cup to start would be, I'd be happy with that at the inter- end of the season. I'd be like, look, we won something, which is something we haven't done in six years, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it'll, 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 I, I don't, I think going into the season, both of us would have considered us to take the Europa League fit like a more, I don't, I don't want to use the word seriously because that's, that's disrespectful to the teams that we're playing against, but uh, the, the teams would have, our teams would have put more emphasis on Europa League success. But, um, but yeah, now things have changed, situations have changed uh, and league form seems to be the priority for both. Um, running through the rest of the uh, fixtures, we've got Union Berlin against uh, Union Saint Gilos. I'm not going to no, uh, Jan, do you know how to pronounce that? Gilloise. Yeah, Saint Gilloise. Uh, assuming they're from France or Switzerland? I've never heard of this. Um, they're actually Belgium. They're from Brussels, Belgium. Oh, Belgium. There you um, go. Fun fact, the Luxembourg national keeper plays for them. Oh, huge. There you go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah. the, the more you know. I feel I feel slightly bad for them now when Union Berlin thrashed them, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and we've got Lever- Leverkusen versus Ferdovacos. Uh, and Roma versus Sociedad. That should be a really good game. I, although I do, I do think Sociedad should win that one. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk versus Feyenoord, another really good game. Juventus versus Freiburg. Freiburg, how how do they go, Jan? In um, they're currently f- fourth, actually. Oh, three points off the decent. top. Um, yeah, I mean the Bundesliga is is really tight, really competitive this year, and they are also pretty informed. They haven't they've lost one game in like their last seven or eight. So um, um Juventus are not that that good either. Well, no. they've had a good run of form recently, but. The, the team looks old. So, well, did you see Di Maria's goal the other day in the Europa League? Yeah, that was sweet. That, that was, was really good. Ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. Juventus have been underwhelming this season, and from by the sounds of it, that game could also be a potential uh, underdog story uh, for Freiburg. And finally, we have Sevilla versus Fenerbahce, um, the team that decided that uh, Mesut Özil was surplus to requirements. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, again, I. I, I I see Sevilla winning that one. So I mean, Sevilla historically are Europa League kings, uh, regardless of what manager they have. So interesting games all round. I find that just in in general. Oh, excuse me. That's uh, the dog. dog. He, the, the dog's been overheard on the podcast before. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I probably need to grab. Let me just excuse myself for a moment before I get recorded <laughs> no no by my neighbors. Um. Uh, anyway, we'll continue. Uh, so yes, if I had to press you for a way too early prediction, Jan, for all of these games, uh, let's just, let's just go the first leg of them first. Um, I'll, 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 I'll run you through them and, uh, you just give me a score. But, uh, so, uh, right. Arsenal at Sporting. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 to Arsenal. 2-1 to Arsenal. Cool. Uh, Union Berlin uh, hosting Union Saint Gilloise. Um, I'm going to go two 0 to Berlin. Yeah, to Union here. Yeah, Leverkusen hosting Fedeva Fede, Fedevacos. 
Um, that's going to be for Leverkusen. Um, I'm going to go 3 1 for that one. 3 1. Roma versus Sociedad. That's a difficult one. Um, Roma home are good. Um, but Real Sociedad, I think they've got points through in the competition. Um, I'm going to go 1 1. 1 1. Interesting. Uh, Shakhtar versus Feyenoord. This is a Shakhtar without Mikhailo Mudrik. In all honesty, like, I don't think I've seen a game from either of those two teams in like five years. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, Feyenoord did make the Europa League, uh, Europa Conference League final last year. True. Um, oh, that, that could go either way. Um, I think can't predict that one. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to pick uh, Feyenoord just for the simple fact that Shakhtar lost their best player and Feyenoord um, uh, looked good last year and seemed to be doing decent under, I think it's Van Nistelrooy this year. So um, I could be actually, actually no, I'm going to fact check myself there. I'm not sure if Van Nistelrooy manages them or if he manages PSV. It might be PSV. Um, hold on. I'm going to do some live Googling here or else I'm going to look like an idiot. Feyenoord. I actually don't know. So. I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, Vinny. Feyenoord manager. No, he's uh, someone else. Uh, uh, so yeah, <laughs> let's not dwell on those on, on that prediction. And then finally, Sevilla versus Fenerbahce. Oh no, sorry, no, Man United versus Real Betis. Sorry. That's going to be clearer. I think that's going to be two 0 United at least. Okay, interesting. Uh, Juventus, Juventus, Freiburg. Um, is it in Turin? Uh, yes, interesting. Um, I'll oh, probably like a one nil to Juventus. Like a really tired, grindy game. Interesting. And Sevilla versus Fenerbahce family. Oh, you got back Sevilla in this competition. Um, yeah, two nil. Uh, Vinny, I'll do I'll do the same for you because you know, I just ran them through with Jan. Uh, just 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 for the first leg of all these Europa League games, just for a way too early prediction. I'm just gonna save the game and you give me a score. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, sporting hosting Arsenal. Um, I reckon it'll be a one all draw. one all draw. Oh. Okay. Uh, Union Berlin versus Union uh, San Giduas. With my limited knowledge, especially the latter thing, I'll say 2-0 uh, Berlin. Yeah, Berlin. That's uh, his dog in the background. He's very uh, lovingly patting for those that... He's, um, He's very anxious when it comes to lawn mowers, and um, it's a Saturday, so someone's doing that. And everyone's doing their lawn. Uh, yeah. All right, speed round. Uh, Leverkusen versus Federvacos. Uh, three nil. Leverkusen. Uh, Roma versus Sassudad. Uh, uh, I reckon one nil Roma. One nil Roma. Jose, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shakhtar versus Feyenoord. Uh, one nil. One nil. United versus Betis. Uh, 2-0. United. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what you answered as well. Juventus oh. versus Freiburg. Uh, 1-0 Juventus. That's exactly what you answered as well. Look at seeing some synergy here. And finally, Sevilla versus Fenerbahce. 2-1 uh, Sevilla. 2-1 Sevilla. All right, cool. Moving on. We have got... All right. The biggest news out of the Premier League, as we return to the Premier League after talking about Europe for a little bit of time this week, is that Bukayo Saka 
has signed a new contract or has a deal in principle to sign a new contract with Arsenal. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about the details, but it's rumoured to be in the range of 190 to 200k a week for five years. Uh, your initial reactions to that? Well deserved, massive. Yeah, I would agree as well deserved. But yeah, the, the price range. Do we do we do we think it's good? Yeah, I think I think he's probably close the season. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably player of the season for me, or one of the players of the season. He's been doing yeah. it for two, three years. I think 200k is the rate to go. Um, compared to Jack Grealish, you know, how much money is he on? <laughs> so, yeah, I think Jack Grealish is on um, uh, 250 to 300. I'm pretty sure. So, I, would, I, would I, say I looked up a bunch of I looked up a bunch of team team wages and um the other day, and yeah, cities were cities were surprisingly not the highest in the Premier League. Um, they were less than Chelsea's and less than United's, but still very high. Um, no, I think it's a good deal. It's a good deal yeah. for Arsenal and for the player. Yeah, I th- I, I'm stoked with it. I think yeah, I think Saka Saka is one of the players that if he's not world class right now, will will soon be world class. Um, and yeah, that's the type of money you got to pay him. And he deserves to pay the type of money. And yeah, like, like you want to keep your centerpiece players around um for a while and yeah we've locked up martinelli now it seems like we're going to be locking up um uh saka hopefully saliba next and we get gabriel Erdegaard. um with players like saka right he's going to be the future of arsenal he's, he's, if, if, if arsenal win the league he could, he could well and surely be one of the like the player of the season yeah um and with that level or that caliber of player there's only a few places he can go if Arsenal yeah, yeah. somehow don't lock him up. It'll Real Madrid, Barcelona, slash City. Yeah, that's 100%, 100%. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked with it. Um, I'm hoping it gets confirmed soon because, you know, these things can still draw out for, for a while, even after a deal in principle. All right. Uh, the, 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 one of the next things I wanted to quickly touch on before we uh, uh, round out with a prediction of the, the big game this weekend is just the Chelsea struggles. Uh, obviously, they lost um, to Dortmund in their Champions League fixture, and then they lost to Mandelist Southampton over the weekend. Um, we've discussed this a little bit in the group chat, but uh, obviously those who are listening haven't have heard that yet. Um, so really, it's like... My first question is, how long do, uh, can Chelsea fans expect to wait before this team, quote-unquote, gels? Um, and also, how long does Potter get given before it's, you know, become a little bit untenable? Because he's got a lot of good players at his disposal now, and at some point, even if the even if you're just grinding out results, it's, things have to start to come together a little bit. I think yeah, he's I mean... given. He'll be given more time based on what I've read. Like the fact that he picked him, in, like what six, seven games in. Champions League winning manager and proven manager. I think Todd Bowley's just like, you know what? I like this guy. He's my long-term project alongside all my seven-year contracts. So even if they don't get the results, I think he's going to stay on for at least the complete season, at least, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think so too. I think there's also an element of arrogance to it. Um, 
I think it's very clear at Chelsea that the the new owner is pulling the strings, and if you sack Potter now, it's just going to be an admission that something went terribly wrong. That they should have never let um, Thomas Tuchel go in the first place. Yeah. So just just by virtue of that, he's going to get until the end of the season, and I think he should. You know, they how many players did they bring in in the winter? Probably half a dozen. Um, the, the team will, will never tick that quickly. Yeah, they brought players. in. Yeah, yeah, they brought nine players in 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 the January window and an extra. I think they signed Thomas Tuchel an extra six or seven in the summer. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous to expect that you know just by bringing these players in the team will suddenly perform miracles. Um, but yeah, having said that, they they should really be delighted with Southampton. Yeah, a managerless Southampton at that. Uh, yeah, I I I I would intend uh inclined be inclined to agree. I think. You have to, and this is why I thought it was weird to sack Tuchel and, and why it must have been reasons outside of footballing um, results because like they spent all this money on Tuchel to sack him a like, very short time later. So I don't think they're going to do the same thing again where they've spent all this money backing Potter to not give him ample time to figure it out. That being said, though, the, uh, there's a, a, an evident like lack of style of play. And I know there's a bunch of, I know it take, takes time for players to gel. And I know it's a bunch of, it's, it's virtually a, a third of a team, a third of a squad being o- overhauled and about half a starting 11. But still, it's like, you have to have a semblance of like a way you want to play. And I don't know, for me, Potter, Potter's time to show that if, if I was an owner is, 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 on, is like on the clock a little bit because Chelsea week in, week out aren't playing with any real sort of state. It seems to just be like, let's kick the ball to a bunch of our individual stars and see if they can come up with something. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's the, the the style of play that he had at Brighton should be just as easy to instill at Chelsea and it doesn't seem to be working that way. But then again, Give him time. I agree. Like maybe, maybe it's just not quite communi- getting communicated properly in training or what have you. But yeah, it's it's and to be fair, as an Arsenal fan, I'm I'm enjoying them being down in the dumps. Uh, <laughs> but, I think we could uh, all yeah. agree on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it has to. Something has to give. I'm not saying that second, but something has to give performance-wise pretty soon. I'd argue. I think Potter's a bit overwhelmed as well. Like, he came into a team, into a squad with all these players that he's never worked with. He's worked with essentially the same group of players for the last how many years at, at Brighton, right? Go from that sort of ecosystem to this, you know, uh, extremely um, different, drastic change, right? Um, he's just, I think he's just struggling. It's going to take a lot of time. I don't know how much time it's going to be given, but um, it. it his style and the respect he's going to get from his talent players, it's a whole new story at Chelsea. And yeah. I, I, I don't see him doing well there. Not yeah, because of the way it's going now, but just because in general. I think it's kind of like a, in my head, like a, like a David Moyes um, or like a, um, just all those sort of like t- uh, managers that manage middle table teams and do like a little bit better. Then the step up's a bit too far. Yeah, that's, that's they don't have opinion. like the the they don't have the 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 chutzpah to deal with bigger name players. Is that what you're alluding at? Yeah, also probably not used to being given like five hundred million in transfer budget 
and yeah. having someone above dictate the transfers as well. That's true. Yeah, it's it'd be interesting to like wonder like, if the Chelsea ever did like that um, all or nothing series, like how much uh, like dialogue is between Bowley and Potter week to week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what what we probably do wonders is if the union or the club as a whole, if they come out and say, oh, "Look, this is our manager," come come what may until the end of the season, and. Um, I think that's just that will just create a lot of ease with with the fans, but also the media. You know, I think if you look at Potter, he's probably aged about twenty years in the last six months. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy's probably under stress from the second he gets up. Um, so I think that would help if he has that that job security at least until, at least publicly. I think it would help. Yeah, and apparently even just this morning I woke up and saw that Potter was late to a press conference this morning or, yes, last last evening because they were having like a crisis meeting. And it's like, it's just like, and again, this is the type of thing that's like, you don't need to tell the media that. Just just be like, just say you were late for any other reason. I mean, that just causes more and more and more speculation. But yeah, uh, I don't know. But segueing from that to probably the game of the round this week, which is Manchester City versus Chelsea. Um Things probably in like, like for all we know, Chelsea could, you know, pull a cat out of the bag and shock the world and beat City here. But this is at City's home ground, as far as I'm pretty sure. Um, Wait, is is City playing? City are playing Bournemouth tomorrow. Oh, so no, so Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea playing Tottenham. I think is is what the yeah, was. yeah, that's it. Um, I think so. No, so and it's at Chelsea. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's at yeah. a team of uh, two. It's a one one inconsistent team versus one team that's been just pretty consistently poor. Um, I I still I don't I don't expect Chelsea to win this just because of the like I said the lack of style of play that I've 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 been seeing them play. But then again, Spurs could just not show up for a whole half of football like they have been doing recently. So it's an interesting one to call. Um, although my 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 first initial feeling is a Spurs win just because Harry Kane um, is a better player than anyone that Chelsea have right now. That's that's just my gut feeling. And Tottenham are sneaky as well. They struggle at being consistent. They beat City. They do well in bigger games. And now they're four. So yeah, exactly. I heard of Newcastle. Uh, Everyone's been hyping up Newcastle. So there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do you reckon about about this one? I think in either way, I think yeah, if if Hurricane does have a good game, I think they might win it. But equally, Tottenham have. I mean, I saw I saw the entire game against Leicester, and that was shambolic. Yeah, from start to finish, and I think Chelsea are Chelsea are due a game where they just they do well. Um, where they just get the three points. Yeah, exactly. So I think this might well be one of them, and I think. Tottenham, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm terribly mistaken, but I think Chelsea they beat Tottenham the last two games at, at Whitehead Lane or the new stadium. So, um, yeah, I think they might do it again. And it's a good point you make, actually. Like, especially it, we, they need a response after the week they've had against Dortmund and Southampton, especially that Southampton. And I think, let me just double check. I'm pretty sure it's at home, but don't quote me on it's, that. It's at Spurs. That's no, Spurs. Jeez, yeah. I'm getting a few things wrong today. <laughs> Full disclosure, this is this is the earliest uh, we've 
for me and uh, I've recorded in some time, so maybe I'm half asleep. Um, but yeah, so at Spurs Stadium, I would I, I would edge at Spurs because they play play very well at home. But again, like you said, Chelsea need a response after Southampton. So you could you could see them. I can see them nabbing a point. I don't know about nabbing a win, but I can see them nabbing a point. But I'm I'm still going to pick Spurs to to win two one. Can I press you? Yeah, to- I agree. I reckon I reckon like a one nil or something like that. Because um, you look at Spurs this season on the table, they've won thirteen games, drawn three, lost eight. So they either win or they or they lose. There's no in between. They don't just get a point and call it a day. They're either playing yeah. really well or they're shit. Yeah, and you're stroking yeah, your beard, deep in thought. Um, oh, to be honest, I would love, I'd love if um, if Spurs drop some points there, just for Liverpool to to get close to the top four. Um, <laughs> oh, difficult to call. I'm 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 going to go with draw as well. As well, no one else has picked a draw yet. <laughs> didn't didn't Vinny say he wanted a draw? No, he said one nil to Spurs, right? Vinny? Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> that's what that's what I think will happen. But I obviously if they drop points, that's great for me as well for United. Uh, yeah, it's it's great it's great for all all three of us if Spurs drop points. To be honest, um, even though it doesn't really affect Arsenal either way, I I want to see Spurs. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah, you know, look at this newfound confidence. Um, oh, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah, I know. God damn. Uh, I'll just be yeah. That's 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 actually the the biggest positive out of, out of this whole season, regardless of whether or not we bottled the title or bottled the Europa League or whatever. It's just the fact that we're finally going to finish above Spurs for the first time in six years. Well, we all know you go you go to sleep dreaming about the Premier League trophy these days. No, nah, I, really I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> it's getting every with every week. It feels more and more real, doesn't it? Yeah, but we haven't put a convincing performance in in about four weeks, so I really can't get ahead of myself with that, to be honest. Uh, the, the Villa game, while it was a great win, wasn't convincing. Uh, we lost against City. We drew against Brentford. Yeah. Wait, did we do, no, we'll be losing against Brentford. I can't even remember anymore. Draw, draw. Draw, there we go. So Yeah, but I've been Tony Gold with the, the, the offside. Not, oh, not, yeah, the not, offside, not yeah. That's, I mean, but to be fair, even with that offside that we may or may not have gotten, Brentford created more than enough chances to win that game. But yeah, this weekend. Pardon? Who have you got this weekend? Yeah, actually, let's yeah, let's quickly go through the teams that our teams have got. Um, Arsenal have Leicester away. Uh, that's been a pretty fruitful um, playground for us in recent years. Um, and United are hosting Brentford um, on Thursday morning, or our time, so Wednesday night, your time, yeah. Um, I mean, we need to win that for obvious reasons, uh, and I think we will. I'm going to go for, I think it'll be close, though, because we're still not quite clicking. I'm going to go, and like Leicester are terrible some weeks and then really good some weeks. So I'm going to go for 2-1. Yeah, they've been, you know, they got, they're pretty average at Old Trafford and then they destroyed Spurs the week before. So it's a hit and miss. So, but I reckon Arsenal will, will get the win. Yeah. Like, and your boys? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, your prediction for the game first? Um. Yeah, Arsenal will, will probably edge down just about. 
Oh, and I forgot to mention, Jan, your, your, your boys are playing against Crystal Palace. Um, night. That is, it's a tough ground to go to usually, but then again, they also won their 8-0 very recently. Um, yeah. I mean, on current form, we might well lose it again. Um, on current Premier League form, you might win that. Yeah, but other say it was only results-wise that performances were good. Yeah, true. Um, no, I'll back my boys. We're going to win that. Just okay. about. Yeah, I think Liverpool will bounce back. I, like Again, another team that needs a response after being well and truly humbled uh, during the midweek. So I see Liverpool winning that one too. Uh, and finally, United, Vinny. Um, they're actually not playing in the Premier League this weekend. And I think the game... Oh, yeah, that, oh wait, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, this weekend. It is Monday. Well, Monday morning for us. Oh, so I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Let's talk about that real quickly before we finish up. Mate, you're um, off the pace today. Yeah, mate, I'm all over the shop. It's that's what, really that's what's so like good it. about this podcast. It's, it's authentic. It's real. You know, it's uns, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's. I would say it's unscripted, but I have notes in front of me. But it's it's, it's unscripted to a point. Um. All right, the cup final. Uh, this is going to be a really good game. Even with Loris Karius in goal, I think it's going to be a very, very entertaining game. Uh, Newcastle. Oh, been sure. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> the the redemption arc. Uh, Newcastle have been um, off the pace a little bit in recent weeks in the Premier League, but I think if they're ever going to, like, they'll turn up to the game. Like Eddie Howe's a good enough manager to get his squad turned up to the game. Uh, and then you got United who are flying. Um, Mark Rashford. I would say the most informed player in, in world football, possibly right now. Like this is me. This is without me watching the league form of the rest of the leagues. But I, I think he's got. He's. he's I think he's up there. With, uh, I think he has the most goals since the World Cup of any player uh, in the top five leagues. So, yeah, he does have that. Um, he does have a little bit of a knock or an injury or something. I, I oh yeah, I saw is. that Ten Hag was saying he may be fit. He may not be fit. Yeah, look, a one Rashford injury and a Castamira injury. Those are the two people we cannot have missing. Because um, when they're missing, we look like we're back to, you know, the last six years, seven years, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. Newcastle are not an easy team to score against in general. They've conceded, I think, the least amount of goals. Up until the league. last two rounds they had, yeah. But I think that, that defensive record is now um, not the best in the league in all the cities again. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I, I concur. They're a very hard team to score against. Um, and this, I think, this will be a this will, this will be a game, a typical cup final game where both teams like feel each other out in the first half. I mean, you, it may be nil all going into halftime. I can see it being nil all all the way until um, 120th minute. I have a really good feeling that Newcastle can just hold it out um, if they don't sneak a goal off a corner or something, um, and just going to go to penalties. And- do you see this going the distance? I can see it. I can see it going. Um, Newcastle is just so hard to score against. Um, yeah, especially in a cup final. It's a different story to when you're playing in the league and you have a point to, to go for. I think the dynamic of that is different. And, you know, with this United team, they haven't really had much experience in finals and winning things in general. So this will be a, a true test. Like Except for Casemiro. Casemiro's got loads of experience in that regard. It's, yeah, exactly. But everyone else. <laughs> yeah um, Jan what about you going the distance um, potentially I think it'll be a close game I think um, 
I think Newcastle are terrific um, at the back, but they will, they can also score. So um, they've got that going for them. I think in the end it'll probably it'll be the experience that will do it for United. I think um, it will be new terrain for pretty much all Newcastle players. I don't think a single one of them have played a final um, yet. So yeah, I, I can see United winning it, but it'll be it'll be a tough game. Do you see extra time, normal time? Yeah, yeah, might well be the case. Which would be a pick, extra time or long time? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I thought you meant penalties. Um, no, extra time. Yeah, might maybe uh, even penalties. I, penalties. I will not be able to function that day. Yeah. So, Vinny, your thing is going to penalties. Jan thinks it could be in extra time. And Jan, Jan, you think uh, United are winning, and Vinny, you, you're going to back your boys too. Yeah, I think I have two predictions essentially: either United win in normal time, two-one, or it goes all the way to penalties and a nil-all draw. Um, right. And and then I would hope I would want United to win, obviously, on penalties. But you know, you can you never know with that sort of stuff. And um, one stat that makes me optimistic is that. I think Ten Hag has had the most goals from substituting players on in the top five leagues or something. Oh, shit. It's like 19 goals scored by substitutes. So back in, the, back in the day, Oli would just not make any subs until the 119th minute brings on fun matter for a one-minute jog. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that gives me hope that we can manage this final a lot better than we have in the previous years. So I backed them, but it won't be easy. Uh, yeah, no, it won't be. And I think for my pick, I'm going to go extra time and I'm going to, I'm going to go one all and also penalties. I, I, I think that like, I agree that like so many of these cup finals just do, we saw in the, in the, both the league cup final and the FA cup final last season that they both went to penalties and like one of them was a nil all or both of them were nil all. Um, so like, it could very well happen again um, with two quite solid defensive teams. Um, but I'm going to go one all, not nil all. And I'm going to go Newcastle to win on penalties. I don't know why. Um, probably because I don't like United. But I just like you the feeling around Newcastle is, is really good at the moment. And I feel like maybe the fact that they haven't got this experience, like there'll be less pressure. There's less pressure on them. So... Yeah, I think if it goes all the way to penalties, it will be pressure on United all the way. Like they, they've lost so many shootouts in the last few years. Um, De Gea is not great as a shot, shot like a penalty shot stuffer. And at Bruno's suspect on penalties at times. Yeah, I mean, although if it goes to penalties, one person I do one hundred percent see see scoring is Marcus Rashford. I was gonna, I think I say Harry Maguire because he's actually. Scored quite a few pens in those situations. Mark, just 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 for the fact that he's a on some on such good form and b to redeem himself for the. I mean, he's already redeemed himself, but to first penalty he he would have taken in a final since the the Euros. So, yep, that's that's true. Yeah, um, Newcastle on penalties for me. Uh, United in regular time for Yarn. No, in extra time for Yarn. Extra time and. Uh, United are either in regular time or in penalties for Vin. I, th- 
I want them to win on penalties if it goes there, but I think if it goes to penalties, I think Newcastle will win. Oh, okay, that's, there that's, we go. It's what I want, and this is what I think will happen if it goes there. The pessimistic United fan. Yep, that's me. All right. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, wrap things up. Been a somewhat of a chaotic one uh, on this Saturday morning Australian time, uh, Friday evening uh, England time. It's definitely time for Jan to go to bed. It's time for me to have a shower and wake up, as as evidently for those if you if, for those listening that have made it this far, I've made a few blunders throughout the, this process, but that's all right. I'm only human, as they say. Um, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you've made it this far, be sure to follow us on Spotify and follow us on 40yardswitch.pod on Instagram. Wow, we post a story every time we post an episode. Uh, thank you again to Jan and Vinny for being on. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, cheers. And we'll see you uh, next time.